Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Well, welcome to the Lena Nelson Dooley Show. Um, I'm Linda Kozar. We're not sure where Lena Nelson Dooley is, <laughs> but, uh, but her guest and I, Lynn Gentry, are here today. And we're just going to take the interview from there until, uh, until Lena can get on. I think she might be having some technical difficulty. Um, hi, Lynn. Hi, Linda. How are you? Good. Um, um, now, Lynn, I, I don't have all your information, but I know you, <laughs> and I love you. Yes. You've written some um, incredible books. Uh, um, um, would you mind, um, I don't have anything to introduce you, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, I'm happy to. Um, I've been a writer for probably 12 years uh, before I started writing novels. I wrote uh, dramatic works and performed them. And about 12 years ago, a friend of mine said, I think you should write a book. And I thought, how hard can it be? And it was way harder than I expected, but I've spent the last 12 years uh, immersed in learning how to write novels and loving that story world. And since then I've sold six books and I'm writing a new series. Oh, what is the, um, well, can you um, tell us how you got started and then tell us about this new series, you know, toward the end, but how did you get started in writing? Was a writer, Lisa Harris. Uh, she writes mystery and suspense, romantic suspense. And I cast her in one of my plays that I had written. And she said, you're a really good storyteller. Have you ever thought about writing a book? And that's uh, from there on, I just, I got involved in a few organizations and a few writing groups and uh, really learned the craft of writing. I sold my first book to Tyndale in 2011, and I sold five books to Howard Simon & Schuster in uh, 2014, I think it was. Anyway, um, that's, that's how I got started. Well, when you, when you got that call about selling well, your first book, um, what was that like? What was that moment like? Oh, my goodness. It was so, I hate the word surreal because people just pop that around all the time, but it was surreal. I really just uh, was so surprised. But on the other hand, I had worked so long and so hard and God is faithful. And I, I, I felt that he had called me to write these stories. I, I was a storyteller from early on in my, in my youth. I never really set out to be a writer, but I've always been a storyteller. Uh, I entertained myself growing up on a farm, and I can immediately just go to an imaginary world in my head. And um, so, it, but to know that there was a possibility that my stories would be more far-reaching than just the stage was really exciting. It was very exciting. Now, um, now, you write biblical fiction. Is it is it primarily no. or written other? Um, well, I started out writing biblical fiction, but what sold was this uh, contemporary uh, women's fiction 
series, uh, Reinventing Leona, it was titled, I have since gotten the rights back to that story, and I'm in the process of turning that one story into a series, and it's going to be um, called The Mount Hope Southern Adventures, and it is the story of uh, Leona Harper, and she is a pastor's wife, and she is one good woman, and She's been in ministry for 30 years, and she's been tight with God, and she's pretty pleased with her life. And then tragedy strikes, and her husband dies, and everything she believed about herself, everything she believed about the church, everything she believed about her own faith comes into question, especially when she finds out that she may not have anywhere else to go because she was living in the church parsonage all those years, and didn't have any equity, didn't have any money, and um, she hasn't had an official job for years. So now she's reinventing herself. And uh, this new series picks up with Leona, her children, the quirky town. It's a kind of a Mitford on steroids kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you base do you base your characters or your secondary characters or or any of your characters? on real people that you've come in contact with or known? Oh my goodness. You know, I've known <laughs> thousands of people over the years in ministry and could write a book on that alone. Yes, of course. I mean, um, there's two sisters in this story. They're called the story sisters and they're old maids and they're older women and their specialty is canning pickles and they love to give pickles out and but they're also just full of spunk and fire and wise wisdom and I had a reader write to me the other day and say who did you base those on did you base those on any one woman and no they're a combination of the wonderful godly women who came alongside of me throughout my ministry years and mothered me, so to speak. We always uh, ministered to churches very far away from my home, and they just kind of mothered me. And so it, they're a combination of all the wonderful, warm, witty, wonderful bits of wisdom that women have instilled in me over the years. Well, what about your quirky characters? Like, I always find quirky characters I'm when I'm in the grocery line, at the, you know, at the store, or when I go to Sam's or Costco, <laughs> there's always right. some person, you know. That's true. Well, I tell people, be careful what you do because you will end up in one of my books. But, you know, <laughs> if you've ever gone to church, then you know that it is filled mm. with quirky characters because, um, yeah. you know, it's but it's the blood of Christ that that makes that quirkiness uh, unique and tolerable and, and even lovable. And so I love quirky characters. And yes, I, I do find them. I, I have found them other places, but the church has enough of them. <laughs> well, life is filled with quirky characters, and that's why we all identify with them so much. In fact, at times we might be a bit quirky, you know. <laughs> oh, I've been I'm not quirky, Linda. <laughs> If I might say something. Oh, there she is. Hi, Lena. Well, I called in the okay. other way. I'm not okay. I'm not host no, no, no. You stay on, Linda. 
I'm called in as a guest because I'm. It didn't. Awesome. Welcome, um, it's your show. <laughs> okay. Well, the the quirk uh, wouldn't wouldn't life be very uh, boring if we didn't have quirky people? Oh, Amen. absolutely. If and we were all alike, that would be boring. Yes. Yes. Especially, who would we all be alike? I mean, who would be the one that was the standard <laughs> of our life? <laughs> That's would, true. Would, would you want all of us to be exactly like you, Linda? Oh, Lord, no. We'd be in trouble. <laughs> how, how, about, how about you, Lynn? Well, no, I might. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. see, why, see why she's so much fun <laughs> yes <laughs> well go ahead with your talking about your book i this book fascinates me i haven't read the the newest revision the the new thing that has just come out because i've been was writing so many getting so many books out last year i'm looking forward to see the the change how how the book has changed since we I'm critiqued. glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up, Lena, because I I wrote the story actually in 2006. I was commissioned to uh, be a dramatic performer for um, a large women's organization that did retreats, and uh, they wanted me to write something funny. And I thought, oh my goodness, my life's not funny. I'm a pastor's wife. My life's not funny, uh, but I ended up writing this story and it was so well received. And um, so I decided to turn it into a novel and Tyndale bought it in 2011, but I actually wrote the book in around 2008, I guess. And so when I got the rights back, I, I thought about putting it up myself and I hadn't really opened it since 2011. And when I looked at it, I thought, I, I'm a different person, and I'm a different writer than I was yes. then. I, I hope I've grown. And uh, the first thing I did is I took out about 10,000 cliches, <laughs> just whacked them out. And I changed motivations a little bit. I softened some of the characters. I improved the humor. And I actually changed one character altogether. So... Uh, that was really fun. I love the edit. A lot of people don't like edits, but to me, it's like this giant puzzle that you try to move around and you try, you know, if you pull one thread sometimes in a plot or in a story, it can make everything unravel. But I love to see if you can weave it in effectively. And that was really, really fun for me. But I think the the most joy that came from this rewrite is noting my personal growth in the process of this. And yes. I was so astounded at how God had worked and moved in my life these past 10 years. And I, I just, I just pray that this, this story gives him so much glory because of that. Uh, Linda, you may not know, but Lynn is the queen of motivation. Uh, oh, I love that. <laughs> Lynn has has uh, critiqued quite a bit of my writing, and I always go to her because I know she's going to make me go deeper where I should go deeper. 
and to to the motivation to the really that's important that's important because we you know we don't always see it in our own characters so that's right. a really really good thing she has helped make my book stronger and and i thank you for that lynn you've Oh, thank you, you, Lena. Helped me. I've learned a lot at your feet as well. (laughs) You know, I think Leona's story is in part a part of my story since, you know, I was in ministry for 30 years. And I I didn't want to open this story for a long time because I didn't really want to go deep like I make you do, Lena. (laughs) And um, so, but what was exciting to me is to see how the Lord uses our wounds, our struggles, our disappointments. And if we allow him to, he can make us deeper people, stronger people, better people. And um, it was really fun to go deep in this this time. And um, I, I just encourage all your readers who, who or, and your listeners who want to be writers, they test themselves and they try themselves and they do go deeper and investigate those feelings that they're trying to put on the page. We had an interesting speaker at uh, uh, ACFW DFW Saturday. Uh, He was a man about, he talked about research and sometimes when they talk about research, it's kind of a boring, I mean, people need to learn that. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I went see thinking I'll see if I can, pick up some nuggets from what he tells us but but I wasn't so terribly interested in in listening to him because I know so much about research I'm a know-it-all you know and (laughs) so this man oh my goodness it was one of the best speakers we've had and he um he showed us how he had gone what had called him to go deeper and when he thought he had a motivation but then he you know he'd say but that was not the main motivation what do you think the main motivation was and he was telling us these stories about and these were real people he he was this was a non-fiction book and mm-hmm. it was just awesome how he he showed us that we could get deeper and deeper in ways that we never had before. And mm-hmm. that's something that I'm learning. I, I guess I'll never stop learning. I'm always learning. Uh, and the, his, his take on the motivation for these different real people who were in his books, um, yeah, deep motivations, the ones we don't want to unlock the closet door to, you yes. know, and that's yes. what we need to look for is that locked closet. Yes. And I don't always do that. No, no, it's not fun sometimes. Yeah, no, especially if that has something to do with something that's going on in my life, as I know you know about that, and I'm sure Linda does too. There are oh, things yes. that we don't even want to admit to ourselves is right. motivation you know mm-hmm. and those are the motivations we need to look for i'm eager now that i have a little more time to read to look that i'm going to i'm going to read that thing next after the book i have that i'm reading in my on my kindle 
because I want I want to see the changes in the book and, and what you said this is a, a, a the first book in a series so what's the next book I'm so glad you asked um I'm just I really enjoyed creating the West Texas town of Mount Hope and uh-huh. uh all the quirky characters in it and I grew up in a small town so to me it's kind of like going home in in some respects and so uh, next is going to be Shoes to Fill, and that's David's story. And David is Leona's oldest child. He's her right. son. And in the first book, it seems like he's struggling with what to do with his life. He's a perpetual student. He has several degrees. And he ends up preaching for his father in his father's place uh, the first Sunday after his father's death. And so in the in the second book, it was just a natural springboard for me to carry that story on a little bit further, investigate uh, David's decision-making process of what to do with his life and how he struggles with the call of God and, and how that comes about. And once again, it's all the zany things happen, crazy things happen in the church, the sabotage and, and um, all of that. And then... Um, Oh, somebody's got a dog. I love it. Uh, uh, then the next Sorry. book is uh, Dancing Shoes by, um, and that's going to be the continuation of Leona's story. And I'm about halfway finished with that book. And then the last shoot, uh, the last book in the series is going to be called Baby Shoes. And that's going to be about Leona's daughter, Maddie. And we'll see what happens to her. She's kind of left her faith and gone off to be a doctor and we're going to see what happens with Maddie in wow. the end. and I'm just really excited about it you know and, and it may not be the end of the series if the series takes off and there's just so many different people in town I can write about and um, bring in people are dying to know they want more Roxy they want more of Parker they want more of the story sisters and so um there's lots of different things I could do with this, so I'm excited about it. Yeah, isn't when when the Lord does that to to you for you, where He reveals through other people telling you, uh, wow, because I know my my first series I wrote, the first book was a standalone book. I never yeah. even considered a series at all. Me neither. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, readers started saying, well, we want to know more about this and this oh, person. Yeah. And then we want to know more about this person. And it was really funny because this was fairly early in my career. It was only my, the, the standalone book was only my second novel. And um, when I went to the first national conference and I was telling my editor, well, readers are telling me they, you know, I get reader feedback. They want to know about this person and they want to know about this person. They want to know about this person. And she said, yeah, we need to know about those people. I ended up with three more contracts. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, boy, what am I going to do with that? (laughs) I know. It was was on your knees, God help. (laughs) What do we do now kind of thing, which is the best way. It's the best way. It is. It is. I like that. I like that. Well, I know that, that uh, my readers, and I'm sure your readers too, and our listeners here, 
want to know something about you personally. Um, uh, you you have four little somethings that are very special <laughs> right now, aren't they? I do. I have four of the cutest grandchildren in the world. They're all under the age of three. That's what I and, was thinking when I saw the picture the other day. Oh, my goodness. They, you know, they just fill my life and uh, keep me hopping and keep me young. And um, it, it's really hard to remain cranky about anything in this world if, when a child curls up in your lap, you know. Yes. And yes. Uh, they just really bless my life. And um, that's, uh, that's a huge part of my life. I also have a medical therapy dog. He's trained to go into the hospitals, and um, we do that once a month. We go work for Baylor, and um, he works the cancer unit. Oh, and wow. He is very adept at telling who has cancer and who doesn't. And it's so interesting to watch him as as we work the waiting rooms and stuff and how he'll he'll lay his head in the lap of the person who's ill and uh, it's it's been a blessing to me uh, it's my mother died of cancer so i'm just really tickled that i get to give back to oh, the medical yeah. community that gave so much to her well speaking of your your grandchildren you know my my youngest my granddaughter that has two children the oldest one's three so i and we only have two of them because there's a three-year-old and one that's almost two and i'm thinking how in the world do lynn and her husband keep run around and keep up with four because you don't have all four at the same time very often do you well uh we had a family tragedy in uh, november and uh, my son's family has been in dallas for um, several weeks, and I have had all four of them quite a bit. Oh. It's a craziness. <laughs> Somebody's always crying. Somebody's yeah. always hungry. Somebody's yeah. always hurt. So yeah. it's usually me that's hurt, but uh, yeah. no, it's uh, it's been fun, and I feel blessed because um, the cousins have really gotten to play together, and that's been a wonderful oh, thing. Good. You know. Yeah, compared to just when they come to visit, but now, yeah. yeah, it's been crazy. Oh, I had a lot of first cousins and 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 several near my age because there were several older too. But I I was in the kind of younger bunch of the, and to get to know your cousins and be with them that is a blessing. Our little uh, oldest, the one that's three. You remember, you know, I had my my knee replacements and all that kind of stuff. During most of his life, there, and he always saw Grandpa James, but he didn't see Grandma Lena very often. And for a long time, he wouldn't come to me. You know, when he got in his twos, he wouldn't come to me. He wouldn't come hug me. He wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't let me. He wouldn't sit in my lap. You know, which mm-hmm. I, I, the minute we walk in, he'd go, "Uh, Grandpa James," you know. And he's he's gotten past that now. He's three, and he, oh my goodness. He wants Grandma Lena. He wants Grandma Lena. When he sees me, he runs out there. He ran out to the car on Christmas when we went over there on Christmas Day. We had our Christmas at, or the day after Christmas, we had our Christmas at their house. He comes running out when I started to open the door of the car, and he pulled the door. He said, "It will. I'll hold it." I 
was like, <laughs> how funny. And they had, got, oh. they had gotten this thing that was, looked like an inner tube, but it was bigger than a, it looked like a, a huge tire inner tube, but it was covered with a colorful fabric and had balls down in the middle and all kinds of things like that. And it was probably, oh, 12 feet in diameter, at uh, 12 feet, 12 inches in diameter. And he kept saying, Grandma Lena, sit down. Grandma Lena, sit down. Well, I'm able to get up and down a whole lot better than I used to. And so I thought, I can sit on that. It's hard. It's got a... And I sat down on it. Well, it was a little too low for me to get up by myself. It was so fun. And he wanted me to get in. It had these poles, and he wanted me to get in there with him with the balls. And I said, Oh, I can't hold him. You, you, but he was just over there and just so happy because Grandma Lena got down to play with him. And that was special. That was really special because I hadn't been able to do that. But you are young and agile and can get down with your grandchildren. Well, I don't feel as agile someday, but I, they do keep me hopping. That's for sure. I don't sit down all day long when they're here. But, um, yeah. They are yeah. worth it. They're so worth it. Yeah. Well, now, uh, Lynn, tell me what the um, spiritual theme of this book is. I you know that's a good question. I think it's it's really about being willing to put one foot in front of the other. I think faith isn't so black and white that you just sometimes you just have to keep moving forward and you just yeah. have to trust that God's right. got you even in the darkest of places. And yeah. I had one reader write to me and say, at first I thought Leona handled her grief a little flippantly. And can you tell me why you wrote that that way? And I told her it was based off a of ministry experience that we had many years ago where we got a call that one of the older women in our church had lost her husband that he had dropped dead on the driveway. And we were so in shock for her and we jumped into the car and we got there right as the ambulance was leaving. And I expected her to just be weeping and wailing and inconsolable. And instead she was giddy and laughing and insistent that we come inside and have tea and cake. And I thought tea and cake. No, ma'am, we, we need to take care of you. You sit down. Oh no, 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 no. So in true Southern fashion, she served tea and cake and people kept coming because as the word got out, more and more people kept coming. And the next thing you know, this woman's giving a party and her in a lot of respects, it appeared that her behavior was totally inappropriate that, oh my goodness, she must, but she was just in shock. Yeah, and they are in she, shock. Mm -hmm. She only knew what to do what she knew how to do and that was put one foot in front of the other and keep moving and over the course of time of course she had her huge moments of grief and her wailing and her so super sadness and her almost inability to go on but in that moment she was um inappropriate in my opinion well it taught me a great lesson number one there's not an appropriate response to grief and shock we each deal with it in a totally mm -hmm. different way in our own way. And number two, we all have to go through grief. And number three, God is with us in that. 
Amen. And uh, I have found over the years that the people that are most successful in dealing with situations like this are the people that do find the ability to laugh eventually. And so, therefore, there's a lot of humor in this book because of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, our time is getting away from us. Uh, of course, I missed the first part of it, so I'm glad y'all had fun. <laughs> I I just feel impressed to take the the la the last minute here and pray for you, uh, Lynn, and you, Linda. Thank you. Uh, about our all three of us, our writing, our writing life. Lord God, we just thank you that you uh, created us to be writers. We thank you that you gave us the imagination and that you sparked that imagination. And Lord God, we just want to, to give that back to you tenfold. And, and I know, Lord, we can't outgive you. And Lord, I just pray a special blessing on Lynn as she writes these other books. Lord, I pray a special blessing on Linda as she's writing her, whatever she's writing. And Lord, I pray that you, a blessing on the a long time a writer blog talk radio network because this has been a blessing to us and to listeners and we just thank you Jesus amen and amen amen thank amen. you Linda thank you Linda <laughs> amen. thank you <laughs>